Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern and I'm so grateful to have you join me here today. I'm also grateful and as always very excited to have my very dear friend Melina Puente here. Hi Melina, thanks for bringing your big smile this week. I appreciate that. Sure, glad to be here. I'm just smiling because you're smiling. It just It's just the light. It's the light of God's presence in you. I love it. So I'm super excited that we get to be in the book of Haggai together this week. I know last week you were with Crystal in her own words, unsupervised. Thank you so much for bringing the truth of God's word. You were in chapter 2, verse 4. And today we're looking at chapter 2, verse 23, which as you know, Melina, even though you picked this passage, this is a passage that is very near and dear to my heart. And if you don't mind, I just want to share a quick story so that you already know the story, but so listeners kind of understand why this is so important to me. So many, many years ago now, I was meeting with a former student of mine before I jumped on a plane for coffee. And she was sharing her heart with me, and she was telling me some of the areas of her life she really needed prayer support and encouragement. So we gave some burdens to the Lord together. We had a prayer time together, and then she took me to the airport. On the way to the airport, she had this gorgeous, gorgeous brand new ring with just this lovely looking emerald stone in it. And she asked me if I like jewelry, and I said, yes, yes, I really do. And she said, I just got this. She took it off her finger and asked me to try it on. Well, of course, I wasn't going to jam it down on my finger because I knew I was about to fly. My fingers were going to get chubby on the flight, and I just wanted to make sure, you know, that it fit, but I didn't want to get it stuck on and then <laughs> not be able to get it, give it back to her before I run to jump on right. a plane, right? Like, okay, I'm just, it's just pretty, it, and I go, it's lovely, and I want to hand it back to her. No, 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 she says, that's yours. I want to give that to you. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness. Wow. How generous and amazing. I was in a hurry. I thanked her so many times, jumped out, ran in, caught my flight. I'm flying home. And sure enough, my fingers start to get puffy. And so the finger it's on, it starts feeling tight. I took the ring off and I slid it onto my ring finger. Now, at this time, I was single and I was going to be single for many more years after this encounter. But the moment I slipped that ring on my ring finger, I just felt the presence of the Lord so strongly that I started to cry. And it was one of those times, Melina, I didn't even know what I was experiencing. Mm. I I didn't know why I was crying. And I'm pretty sure the guy next to me on the plane just thought, wow, this woman, she needs a good therapist. (laughs) I was crying the whole way back to Portland. And I got home and I said, Lord, would you help me understand what I just experienced? And he said to me, Carrie, you are a ring on my finger. You are my signet ring. I didn't have any biblical context for that. So I asked him, Melina, I said, Lord, could you confirm that? I want to make sure that's you talking because I've never heard of that or had that thought before. And when I asked him, he took me to this specific passage in Haggai 2.23. So I'd like to read it, but I need to read the two verses before our verse of the week as I read it. Because if I just start with reading the verse, you'll immediately go, but when what happens? Because the verse starts with, but when this happens. So can I read the two verses right before it? So we know the context, and then we'll start to unpack it a little bit. So this is Haggai 2, starting in verse 20. On that same day, December 18, the Lord sent this message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, 
the governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow thrones and I will destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and their riders. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. Now here's our verse of the week. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. So I read this verse that day and I said, Lord, that's lovely, but how in the world is that a promise to me? It sounds like that's a promise to Zerubbabel. So I started studying and I found out that Zerubbabel was actually the grandson of Jehoiakim, who was the last king before God's people were exiled to Babylon. So the Babylonians had come in, they had overrun God's people, they had stripped their land, burnt everything to the ground, destroyed the temple, and they had taken all of the elite wealthy citizens back to be slaves in Babylon. So fast forward many, many years later, now Persia has come in and they have overthrown the enemy Babylon. And so now God's people are being told by the Persian king, you can go home, you can go back and you can start to rebuild. So this promise is being made to Zerubbabel through the prophet Haggai, who is the grandson of the last king. So he's in the royal line, which is the line of Jesus Christ, yes. the Davidic line. Amen. So this is a promise made to Jesus's heritage, the Davidic line, which Zerubbabel is in. In fact, he helped to reestablish after it was cursed. He's reestablishing that Davidic line, which directly connects him to Jesus Christ. And my Bible tells me that every promise is that is made is yes and amen to me if it's made to Jesus if it's made to his lineage and his line it's also a promise to me and you yes so the first thing that we need to understand is the context here in verses 20 and 21 are basically what we're living through right now in 2021 the world is falling apart He's saying when it does, when the world falls apart, when the heavens and the earth are overthrown and destroyed, when the foreign powers and kingdoms are overturned, when the horses fall and the riders kill each other, when everything is carnage and falling apart, when the world feels like chaos, he's saying to, to Zerubbabel, I'm actually going to elevate you. It's then that I'm going to show you how dear and precious and protected and chosen you are. So what is a signet ring? A signet ring is a ring that a king would wear and it showed his authority, his honor, his ownership. So it's the ring that he would use to dip in hot wax to seal something that he had signed to make it official. So it's the sign of being sealed, the sign of his authority. And God is saying to Zerubbabel and he's saying to you and I, you are my signet ring. Mm -hmm. I have chosen you specifically. So when you see the world falling apart around you, don't be afraid. Remember not only whose you are, but who you are to me. 
you're my signet ring. And this became such a passion. And I started studying this so much and all of the illustrations of this in the story of Joseph, the story of Esther, when Mordecai is given the signet ring, the prodigal son is given the signet ring when he returns home. I actually wrote a whole book called The Signet (laughs) Ring because this is such a really powerful concept, Melina, that we need to grasp. So Last week, you and Crystal were in chapter two, verse four, and you talked about the bigger context of the book of Haggai, which is because God's people had just started returning home from being exiled. What was the first thing they started to do? They started to build their own homes and they started to plant all these crops. But guess what? None of those crops would grow. So in chapters one and the beginning of chapter two, God is saying, don't you see that everything you're putting your hands to is it's not working. It's not growing. It's not accomplishing anything. So the first lesson that we're learning from this very short book of Haggai, and nobody has an excuse not to read it because it's only two (laughs) chapters. Okay. Read the book of Haggai. It's powerful. And there's so many similarities and illustrations and parallels for us today. The first being don't build your own kingdom because one, it's going to fail, but number two, it's never going to satisfy you. So God is saying to his people through the prophet Haggai, first of all, don't put your kingdom, your house, your job, your finances, your health first in your life. Put me first and then I can and then I will bless you. And then secondly, the more immediate context that we already looked at when the world seems to be falling apart around you, verses 20 and 21 of chapter two here, look at the promise that I am making to my children. That's you, Melina. That's me. That's all of us that are listening that have said said yes to Jesus Christ. This is a promise to us that he has chosen us. He has made us like a signet ring on his finger and he will not forget us. Our truth of the week, I'm going first, Melina, is that we are chosen that he has picked us and he has put us like a like a ring on his hand how can you forget if you're married like I am how can I forget my husband if I'm wearing a ring that he bought me he actually designed it for me in my case every time I look at that Mm. ring I'm reminded of how much he loves me that's what God is saying to us you are a ring on my finger You don't perform for me. You bring my glory and display it to the world. I chose you to show the world true love, how much I love you and I have empowered you to love with that same beauty, to love others. With that same power, love others. I have specifically chosen you. I have made you like a signet ring on my finger to be chosen and to shine his light and his love to the world. So that is the context, Melina, and that is the truth that I pulled out. I've shared an awful lot. (laughs) I want to hear what stands out to you. I mean, we've talked about this passage so many times. You edited the book for me. You've heard me preach on this so many times, but you know the book, you know the context, you know this verse, so you can bring it down more succinctly. I've used a lot of words. What is the most powerful truth that you pull out of Haggai 2.23? The timing of the chosen, when you are chosen, that's the the thing that really got me as I read through for Zerubbabel, the timing of the message from Haggai to him so that he can walk in the fulfillment of that identity. He was chosen to do what he was called to do. For me, it's, I didn't accept the Lord until I was in my late 20s. 
And it's that timing and the love that's been able to be poured out, the truth that I have been able to share and live in, the healing that I've been able to experience, all that timing, knowing I'm chosen for that purpose, to honor and glorify the Lord, to be that signet ring that radiates the beauty, that displays his glory. We're all set timed, our timing in our season for when we're doing that. And not everybody mm-hmm. walks in the fullness of it, right? You know, when they're little, some kids accept the Lord. I got to choose and be chosen later. It's very exciting to know that there is a purpose in that being chosen to shine and bring glory to the Lord through the process of my life that he has mm-hmm. blessed me so richly in. Mm. I think that's really important because I think we can believe a lie that we've missed out on something if we didn't come to Christ as a child. But that's a really important point. I love that you pulled that out because if God had given this message to Zerubbabel earlier, he might not have had the courage what he was about to do. I mean, he's he's potentially risking not only persecution from the people that had never been exiled, they were forced to stay there and work. So all these people coming back, they were the the wealthy, the royal. They probably were not met with a really warm welcome because they're outsiders now and they're not trusted. So he's opening himself up to persecution by his, his own people. And he's also potentially risking the wrath of the king of Persia if, if he finds out that this temple is being rebuilt. They, they don't know exactly what's going to go down if they're obedient to God. And he needed a tremendous amount of courage. Would he have had yeah. that courage if this timing hadn't been exactly what it was? I don't think so. I think God knew that. And you recently celebrated an anniversary, didn't you, of coming to Jesus? Yes. How many years was that? 25-year anniversary. Your 25-year anniversary. And I have to tell you, I, I don't think I've told you this before, When you told me, Carrie, I get to celebrate my 25th anniversary with Jesus, it struck me that never occurred to me because I was saved at four years old. And I'm not looking at myself as, oh, poor me, I'm missing out on something, but rather that indirectly occurred to me how sacred and precious it is because you had to wait. And you see this marked contrast in your life that's pre-Jesus, post-Jesus that I will never see because I was saved at four years old. Not that I'm missing out on anything, but there is a special celebration and gratitude that comes when you have to wait. I liken it to being 45 when I met my Mm, husband, right? I, I think I'm an advantage. I hope every woman feels this way about her relationship with her husband, but I feel that way because I appreciate him so much. And I tell him all the time, you don't take someone for granted when you wait for them for 45 years. And I see that same passion in your relationship Mm. with Jesus because you waited for him so long. There's this passion to serve him. And I see that same passion here with Zerubbabel. He's taking tremendous risk to say yes to this ask. But he's the one that volunteers. When God says, rebuild my temple, I just see him shyly standing in the corner going, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's this big, scary task and I have no idea how to do it. And the other point is, Solomon's temple had been destroyed, right? Who in their right mind would want to rebuild that temple? <laughs> what a daunting task. Like you're not you're not going to sign up for that, right? Like that the glory of Solomon's temple, you're going to try to replicate that? Not a chance, especially with the limited resources they're working with, right? So the courage that it, that it took, it had to have come out of the impeccable timing that God had in delivering him this message through the prophet Haggai. 
That's so Mm. good. Thank you for that. So go ahead and give us what's the choice you're making that we can all make with you this week based on this passage. Yeah. In regard to that chosen, I have been chosen in how I respond to and fulfill the call on my life, the direction and the message that I move forward in. There are so many people that are going to be affected by that. Mm-hmm. And if I am obedient, I think when I when I think about Zerubbabel, I'm thinking humble, obedient servant. Like he just did what he was told to do and he went for it. And I think for me, I have to choose that humble, obedient servant posture, realizing I don't know who I'm affecting or what effect is waiting down the road for anybody I speak to, anybody I get to encounter, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so there's just so much of a legacy that is beyond what any of us could imagine. And I think about Zerubbabel, and we're reading about him, and the legacy that he has left. And it's mentioned in so many other prophets' books as well. Mm -hmm. So to choose to remember, I'm chosen, and there's purpose behind that for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing about Zerubbabel is he was adopted into the royal line, just like we've been adopted. And we're under that spirit of adoption, according to Romans 8, 15 through 17. So it's not like, oh, well, he's special. You know, he was a king's grandson. Well, he's actually adopted into that line. If you study that, you can figure that out for yourself. There's a spirit of adoption that makes us fearless. Mm, Yes. And the whole point of this passage, what we get to choose, let me just kind of say in this in different words what you're saying what we get to choose this week is i have been adopted into royal status and not only do i get to you know be the ring and in other words reflect god's glory to the world he made me his ring he says when i look at my finger i see you you are my signet ring to the world you Mm. show off my beauty my authority you show off my honor And I wear you because I own you, not to control you, not to demand you, but I protect you. I am with you. I am for you. I am fighting for you. And I could never, ever forget you. This is not a statement that somebody that is passive about you would make. Just like you wouldn't give an engagement ring to somebody that you're passive or cavalier about. God is saying, I am crazy in love with you, and I'm going to seal that covenant by making you the signet ring on my finger in exactly the same way a man would give his betrothed a wedding ring Mm. or an engagement ring. This is a passionate relationship that he is pursuing with us. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger. And when we understand the weight of what a signet ring meant when this was written, will understand the seriousness of God's heart for us. I will make you like a signet ring, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's army, have spoken. And this is a promise not just made, of course, to Zerubbabel, but to all of us, we have been chosen. That comes with all the inheritance, all the blessing, all the protection that we could ever need. And if we choose to remember that and live in that, it will make us fearless for him. Amen. Melina, thank you so much for being here with me this week. I feel like we're just getting started. Yes. (laughs) But I would like for you to come back next week because I want to continue what you mentioned earlier. You mentioned the word healing. And that is something that God's been teaching us a lot about as we're entering into, I don't know, 20 years of friendship, we've, we've grown and we've healed and we've watched 
God continue to heal us. There's not a point this side of heaven that we're not fully healed. But I feel like we need to get a little bit vulnerable next week and talk about some of the areas of our hearts and lives that God's healing. And I'd like to look at Isaiah 54 verse 4 with you next week, if you would be willing to come back. Yes, that'd be great. Awesome. All right, Melina, thanks again for being here. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your insight and your million watt smile. If you keep smiling like that, I'm just going to keep inviting you back. All right. (laughs) Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the joy that we have in your spirit. I thank you that even if the world is falling apart around us, like we see here in Haggai 2, 20 and 21, your, your promises stand. The whole world could literally fall apart. The mountains could fall into the sea and the sky could fall and you are going to protect us and you are going to hold us close because you have promised us that we are your signet ring. We are your light. We are your truth. We are your beauty to this world. But more importantly, we are so precious to you. We are chosen by you. You could never forget us. You will never abandon us and you will never fail on your promises to us. You are faithful. I pray that we would allow you to wrap us up in the safety, the protection of this promise this week, that we would feel safe no matter what enemy surrounds us. And I pray that we would learn from the context of this verse, this book and chapter that, Lord, we need to put you in your kingdom first. We need to build your church. We need to build your kingdom before we're worried about our own affairs the tangible things of this earth. I pray that we would be men and women that seek you and your kingdom first, because then we are postured to receive all that you have for us, all of your love, all of your protection, all of your blessing. I pray that we would be men and women after your own heart and that we would not forget this week that you have chosen us, that we are your signet ring. And as we remember that you have chosen us, I pray that we would choose to delight in glorifying you and reflecting the beauty of your love to this world who so desperately needs it. And it is in the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.